Hi, I'm Lauren. Hi, I'm Kelly, and welcome to The Millennial Minimalists. We're two Canadian millennials and minimalists on a mission to live more with less. And together, our goal is to inspire you to design a simpler, more intentional life. Hi, everyone. Today, Lauren and I chat about the minimalist latest Netflix documentary called Less Is Now, which released on January 1st and has already been deemed a huge hit by critics. In Less Is Now, the minimalist Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus challenge you to ask yourself the question, how might your life be better with less? And together with minimalist adopters from around the world, Josh and Ryan share the pivotal moments that led them to adopt minimalist lifestyles and discuss how living with less has significantly improved their lives. Plus, they offer decluttering strategies and share glimpses into their minimalist lifestyles, including short tours of their simple spaces. And in our discussion today, we talk about our greatest takeaways and some eye-opening stats that really stood out to us. As we share in the excitement, we hope that you feel immersed in our conversation as if you are sitting with us, and we hope to further leave you feeling inspired to live more with less. So this will be a fun episode. I can already feel your excitement, Lauren. I know how excited you are. So what did you think of this documentary overall? I loved it. I was so excited to watch. I literally on January 1st in the morning, like opened my laptop and it was probably the first thing I did was start watching that documentary because I knew it came out that day. I was with my boyfriend though and I I was crying so much at certain parts because it was very emotional. Oh, Um, that's so cute. And of course it was very eye-opening. We're going to go over our thoughts on it, but it was really well done. I watched it twice. So if you haven't seen it yet, I I really recommend that you go and watch it because it was just, it was a really well done. There's a lot of meaning behind it. Yeah. I I would also say that it was eye-opening because I think it really showcase the root of the problem, you know, our society's addiction to stuff. And it was also really insightful. There are so many lessons shared. And from all the reviews that I've read about this doc, people are saying that it's super inspiring and it's relatable. And I love hearing that because I I agree. I think it was extremely inspiring, but I also think it was extremely important. I think it was important for us, for the minimalists to get their message across that it's not just about living with less, it's about solving the root of the problem. Yeah, they they really went back and addressed like the foundational place you need to start in order to do this journey. And I feel like it, as a society, we're, we just get so caught up in consumerism that we're not even aware that we're caught up in consumerism. And they like really took a step back and made you assess your life and assess your spending habits and assess happiness and and what you really want which is so important I'm just I'm glad this awareness is starting to come out exactly yeah I I would I would I completely agree with you and something that we should note to our listeners is that this is the first time that Lauren and I are communicating about the documentary we both watched it on our own so this is the first time that we're sharing our thoughts with each other. We we didn't want to do it beforehand because we wanted this conversation to be as organic as possible. And Lauren and I have been anticipating this documentary for months, as yeah. many of you have. So I actually didn't get to watch it until a few days after. But uh, oh my goodness, I ended up watching it twice over the same evening. So the first time I watched their documentary was January 1st, four years ago. So it had been exactly four years that I had ever found The Minimalist. And after I I saw that one, 
I think it was back 2017. It was 2015, Minimalism, a documentary about the important things. And so that's when you initially heard about them. No kidding. Yeah, January 1st. And then I like started reading their blog and then I went and saw them live in Toronto. So it's crazy like how many years I've been following them. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And we still follow them today. I don't know if our listeners do that already, but we are active listeners of the Minimalist podcast as well. We are big fans of them and we are so proud of what they've done with this documentary and also proud of Matt Diavella, the director of this documentary. He is incredible. He's a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned him before. Yeah. So he's he does a ton of content. He has a ton of content online. Very interesting stuff in terms of how to simplify your life. He talks about all different things, but he has a lot of short snackable videos on minimalism. Uh, So to start, I really wanted to address the fact that this documentary is one of the important, most important documentaries when it comes to minimalism that has ever been released. So I know that Netflix uh, released the home edits, get organized with the home edit, which focuses uh, on decluttering and organizing our things. But I think that this documentary highlights the root of the problem and offers solutions. Uh, the problem being consumerism, our society's addiction to stuff. And, and they showcase how the minimalist lifestyle is essentially a solution. And it reinforces, this documentary reinforces the idea that living with less can help us manage the noise so that we can focus on what matters most to us. Yeah, it's funny because sadly... I think more people can relate to the home edit because it it's like, hey, here's a way to organize all the stuff you have. And then less is now is kind of like, well, why do you have all of that stuff? And people are like, oh. Exactly. <laughs> so they kind of have to step back and address that. And it, it's hard. Some people don't want to ask themselves these hard questions because when you take a deep dive into your own life about you know, are you happy with work? Are do you, are you happy in your relationships? Are you covering all of this up with just buying stuff and going in debt and having all these possessions and shopping? Like, is that your happiness in life? So it it is, it, it's hard questions to ask yourself, but I'm glad, like I said, it's coming out now. Yeah, it's so much easier to organize your things than take time to declutter and get rid of your items, right? And they ask a very important question at the beginning of the documentary. And they ask, how might your life be better with less? And I love that question because I think that it challenges us to think about the clutter in our lives. And it can also essentially open our minds to things in life that are most important to us. But again, as it's communicating this documentary, this lifestyle is a challenge and it does require maintenance and it's not easy. And it, it, they also debunk a lot of the misconceptions about this lifestyle, which I also really appreciated because a lot of people are just like, oh, it means that you live with nothing. No, that's not the case. It means that you live with intention. You live with the items that you use or that you love. And I think that really came across well. Yeah, Ryan says in it, he's like, this lifestyle is not easy. I kind of compared that to other areas of your life, like health or finances. Like, it's not easy every day to like exercise and like eat healthy. It's not easy to like put save a little bit off every paycheck. But if you don't do these things, like with minimalism, if you if you don't address what you're spending and you're you're constantly buying stuff you're going to end up with it. Like it's going to be a lot harder in the future when you're in debt and you're surra- your house is full of all of this stuff. So 
it is little sacrifices or discipline on a daily basis to live this lifestyle. But in at, in the end, it, it is a lot more beneficial. And it's things you're, you're not going to have to deal with, like I said, debt or all of these possessions in the future. Right. Yeah. And, and it's good that the minimalists in this documentary, they bring light to the problem. And the problem being how marketers are essentially telling us that we need things that we don't actually need. And we end up buying these items for various reasons. They talk about emotional buying. You know, we buy stuff to belong. Uh, You know, in the past, it used to be we were competing with our neighbors. We're trying to keep up with the Joneses. But now with social media and everything, think about it. We're comparing ourselves to thousands, millions of people across the world and celebrity figures, right? The comparison is so much stronger. And so we end up buying these items. And I feel when I saw that part of the documentary, it it made me want to address what I'm exposed to. So like, where am I getting all of this marketing from? Obviously, some of it I, I can't take away from my life. But like things like Instagram, like who are you following on Instagram? Are you following influencers who are trying to sell you new clothes? Like where is all of this um, marketing coming from? And can you reduce that exposure from it? Because at the end of the day, like we're all human. Like if you can take away these um, parts of your yeah, life. these forces, or, these triggers, yeah, right? Yeah, to, to make it easier because it, it is difficult, but it's like, don't go to the mall as much if you don't want to shop as much. Don't follow influencers online. Like don't get ads sent to you in the mail. So try to reduce those exposures to make it easier. Yes. Yes. And that's what they're communicating. They're saying in many ways, we can't stop the push of ads. I mean, they say that the annual money spent on advertising in the U.S. has increased from $5 billion in the 1950s to $240 billion today. So that's huge. And, he, and they say that we're more advertised to today than ever before in history. So keeping that in mind, unfortunately, in many ways, we can't stop this process. But what we can do is we can manage how we interact with these ads and how we control our devices so that we can manage and neutralize these forces, these triggers that are telling us that we need things that we don't actually need. And think about it, like they also go into, you know, cookies, like those intelligent ads that really track our movements. You know, I'm searching online for a new pair of Nike shoes and I'll see that ad two minutes later in my Instagram feed, right? And so they're following us and it's a lot, but we can manage these tools with greater intention. And the goal is to really step back and think about, hey, again, like how might my life be better with less? How might my life be better if I manage all of these distractions in a way that are pulling me in directions that aren't actually the directions that I want to go in this life that I want to live? And and they talk about emotional buying, but they also talk about how we, we, we buy stuff also when we, we feel stressed, when we feel anxious to fill a void. And then there's this dangerous cycle once again. So back to the idea of like the home edit, it's like they, they just organize things, which is beautiful. I think it's great the way they organize things, but the root of the problem isn't solved. And here the root of the problem is solved because it challenges us to ask those important questions so that we will change our ways. Um, the documentary also showed that how much focus we put on stuff making us happy. 
Um, it's like, oh, if I buy this or I have this car or I have this bag, then it's going to make me happy. Where once you're able to acknowledge that possessions aren't going to make you happy, you can put more focus onto things in life that do make you really happy, like finding meaningful work or like having good relationships in your life putting time into your health, your creative pursuits, like finding peace of mind. Like these are things that actually make you happy. And when you're kind of caught up in this terrible cycle of going to work that you, you may not to a job you may not love and to make money, to buy all of this stuff that isn't making you happy. Like it is a vicious cycle. And so once like awareness is the first part, but when you're able to take a step back and question what is making you happy and what would make you happy. I, I think that was a, a lot of the meaning in the documentary. Yeah, I love it. I think it will challenge viewers to think, wow, am I living on autopilot? One of my favorite quotes from this documentary is, uh, I believe it was Joshua. He says, as we get more space, we fill it with more things. And as we get more things, we need more space and we turn to bigger houses or more storage spaces. That's the problem. Instead of doing that, we should be stepping back and saying, hey, like, how much of this stuff do I actually love or use? And the minimalists actually offer two different challenges that they've used. One, jo Joshua uses, has offers a challenge and Ryan does as well, but I'll get into that later. But I just, I, that quote, it just really, I was like, yeah, people are doing that. And it's sad. It's like they're killing themselves at their job to buy things they don't need. And it's a vicious cycle right? Because they're thinking that will fill the void. And to be honest, I felt that at times in my life before adopting this lifestyle. And you're doing what you think you need to do. But then if you clear the clutter, you'll be able to evaluate, hey, like, what do I want? What makes sense for me? So I, I think what's really interesting is that we, you know, we picture our lives so amazing with this like beautiful home or this beautiful car or this designer bag. And we never think, oh, how amazing would my life be if I had a job I really liked? I woke up in the morning and was excited to go to work. How amazing would my life be if I could come home from work and spend time with my family, spend the weekends relaxing or doing a hobby or reading a book? Like we we don't think of these things. Like when we think of our ideal life, we picture ourselves on these like luxurious vacations or like driving this expensive car. And that's I, I feel like where we're kind of wrong in wanting this idyllic life. And what uh, Josh says in the documentary is we need to rewrite the American dream. That's super powerful. It, well, again, if, if our, some of our listeners are unaware of their story, Josh and Ryan, they, they're childhood best friends. They grew up poor. And in, that, in those experiences, they became motivated to make money in an effort to find greater happiness. And they eventually achieved this goal. Uh, soon they were making six-figure incomes. And, you know, they in the documentary, they share that they both had the house, the car, the stuff, and that they were living, so to speak, the American dream. But they both quickly realized that the stuff wasn't making them happy. And Josh shares that it was actually his mother's passing. Uh, and at the same time, his marriage had ended. And it was these experiences that really inspired him to begin decluttering his life which then led Josh to inspire his good friend, Ryan, to also adopt this lifestyle. So 
that's their story. And they really showcase that, hey, they were living this American dream, but it was costing them so much money. And it was also costing them their happiness. So by saying rewrite their American, American dream is like, hey, let's create our version of the American dream. For them, this is their new version of the American dream. It's living by the things that are most meaningful to them. Actually, one of my favorite quotes in this documentary, in addition to the other one, uh, it was actually um, uh, one of someone who was featured in the documentary, Erwin uh, McManus, the founder of Mosaic. He said, so the problem is we are binging on all of the wrong things and dying of hunger for all the things that matter. Yeah. Like, yes. I love that part. I was like, yes, that is exactly what is happening. But thankfully, there are solutions. And that's why I'm loving the minimalists right now, because they're offering these solutions and they're really making a huge impact, a huge influence, a huge positive influence right now. And I I hope that this movement can really spread because again, it's called the disease of stuffitis, they say, which I, I also loved. I thought that was really well said. It really is a disease. It's becoming a disease and hopefully we can move past it in some capacity. And like you said, we need to write our own dreams, our own life, our our own idea, and not have this one template of the American dream of just making it in the corporate world and making all this money and being able to buy all of these possessions that shouldn't be the dream anymore. And it's not working for a lot of people. Yes. And it's not. It's not. And especially when you talk about the facts, they, they, they bring up the debt in the US right now is so that the average American has four credit cards in their wallet and the average credit card debt is more than $16,000. That's and, and that's just from, it's like, if you ask someone, it's like, what is that for? It's like, it's just the cost of living. Like, it's like, okay, well, what are the things that I'm buying that I don't actually need or use? Cause sometimes we do that. Sometimes we do that. I've definitely previously bought things that I don't need or use. We all have. You know, yeah, and I still it. do it, but I'm just a lot more aware of it. I'll look at something and be like, oh shoot, I, I really didn't use that. And I spent money on it, on it and now I have to store it and now I have to get rid of it. So, yes. and people do that constantly. So it, it's just so important to have this awareness. Actually, one of the things that I have trouble with is holding on to things that have memories attached to them. So I do have a little memory box. I think I have shared this before. A little memory box that I have just items from over the years that really bring me joy and help me reflect on experiences I had in the past. And so, but I've got it down to the size of a shoe box, which is great. So I'm not holding boxes and boxes and boxes of items. And every single year and every around Christmas, I go through these items and throw out items that I'm like, okay, I no longer need this. I've gotten enough out of it over the past few years. I don't need this. That's how I keep it down to a shoebox. So Joshua in the documentary, he does a tour of his mom's home. So his mom passed away. She was living in Florida at the time. He, he flew from Ohio to Florida to go to her house and he saw all of her possessions. He was like, wow, like he goes, you get a glimpse of it in the doc. Of, there was just so much stuff. And he's like, wow, like there's so much stuff here. And he only took a few items from her home to bring him memories. You know, he says by having, he said, by having fewer sentimental items, we can enjoy them much more. He says, quote, our memories are not in our things. Our memories are inside us. And I was like, wow, okay, I get that. I get that. 
and going and finding the few pieces he said in the documentary um you know if you have too much you water water it down and you know keeping these few possessions that do mean something means so much more than keeping all of this stuff i don't think that house they showed as his mother's was any different than most people's homes though Mm -hmm. it's true it's true i mean they they said quote the average american household has more than three hundred thousand items which is mind-blowing it's crazy my mom probably has more than three hundred thousand items (laughs) and it's just your mom and dad that's funny (laughs) see this is the problem this is the problem but i know that our parents are are listening they have we should admit that our parents have changed a little bit since we started Yeah, they have yeah one thing i want to say which we said we're going to address is that there, there is a lot put on in this documentary about getting rid of possessions but and I, i'm just saying this because i i know my mom is trying to make changes and you can get rid of almost everything that you own but until you change your habits of not bringing more than you need in your life the 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 problem's not going to change like my dad said oh we got rid of over 25 bags of stuff from the house your your that your mom parted with and he's like and then i opened the front door and there was a ton of boxes of all this new stuff she had ordered right so there, it really is a two-part process you have to be able to part with the things that you have now and get it down to exactly what you need and use but you also need to address your shopping habits and why you're buying so much and to stop bringing stuff into your life and without one or the other you're not really going to make that much progress so um i think that that is something really important i didn't feel like it was addressed that much in the documentary obviously that we overconsume, but you do as much as you can, you know, get rid of a possession every day or, or go through this process. You, you do need to do the other side. Yeah. And especially with Amazon today, it's so easy with that one click buy. But I don't have Amazon Prime for that reason, because that buffer of me having to pay for delivery is enough to make me question whether I want that item. Ooh, I like that. You're yeah. setting that cha- that boundary. That is cool. I like that. I definitely have Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah, I do. Sometimes I'll get it for like a month. Yeah. But um, I always get rid of it because it's too easy. I, I always, like I say, I try to buffer my bad habits. And if I really want it, then I got to pay for the delivery and it makes me buy less. No, that's smart. That's smart. Okay. And so... Back to Joshua's situation where he he brought these items back to his home. So he shares the challenge that he created for himself in that moment. He realized, wow, like I have these few possessions that give me such great joy. Wow, I need to start decluttering the things in my home. I've got too much stuff. And so he challenged himself, which which he now calls the 30-day minimalism game. And so Uh, The first day of the month, he got rid of one item. The second day of the month, he got rid of two items. The third day, three items, et cetera. So by day 30, he was able to get rid of almost 500 items. And he says in the documentary that he got rid of 90% of the things he accumulated. So that that means that only 10% of what he owned served a purpose. Isn't that insane? Like that's- I believe it though. I I would imagine that 
10% of what people own is what they actually use. Yeah. 10 to 20, I would say 10 to 20%. It's like, it's like how we use 20% of our closet. Of our closet. Yeah. Yeah. If you only wear 20% of your clothes, you're probably only using 20% of your possessions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I always think about, you know, most homes, the dining room, how often do we use the dining room? Three, four times a year. If that, if that, yeah. And I'm sure everybody has an appliance in their cupboard that they haven't used in a year or, I mean, and also I wanted to point out earlier when you're talking about Amazon, sometimes I have a problem with, obviously when I get rid of an item, I I always think about, okay, well, if I'm going to bring, again, if I'm going to bring in a new item, I'm going to get rid of the old item. But sometimes I find that I don't because I'm just buying you know, something that works better than the old item, but the old item still works. So I don't want to get rid of the old item, but I need to start doing that, you know, giving it to a friend, a family member, passing along. So I don't have two of things, you know, so I need to be more intentional with that. Well, I usually replace something once the old item doesn't work anymore. Like if a phone stops working or a laptop stops working or mm-hmm. shoes, like something has a hole in it or then I'll replace it. And I can't really use the old item anymore. Um, But there's situations where maybe you replace something because the thing has a hole in it, but you still keep the thing with the hole in it because it's comfortable and you really love it. Uh, Even though you have a new version of it, but you need to get rid of it. Uh, And, and the the minimalists do highlight the three, the three ways they suggest, which is donate, sell or recycle your items, which is what we do for the most part. We just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for listening to The Millennial Minimalist and to let you know about our exciting Simple Living consultations. Whether you are looking to remove physical, mental, emotional, or digital clutter, or you're looking for a reset on life, we will help you adopt simple and intentional lifestyle practices for the long term. Together, Lauren and I offer both personal and group sessions. So if you'd like to connect with us one-on-one, or if you have friends or family members who'd be interested in a group session, please connect with us via email at millennialminimalist at gmail.com, or you can send us a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Millennial Minimalist. As soon as we hear from you, we will set up your first complimentary 10-minute consultation to learn more about your goals. Ultimately, it is our mission to help you design a lifestyle around the things that matter most to you. And of course, have a lot of fun with us along the way. We love you all and we're so excited to hear from you. And so another challenge is Ryan's challenge. And he he talked about how Josh initially started adopting this minimalist lifestyle. He started realizing, wow, Josh, you're so happy. Like, what are you doing? What, what are these changes in your life that are making you so happy? And Josh explained, I got rid of all these possessions and my life is lighter and I feel more free and I'm getting time back, all these things. And Ryan's like, okay, usually I wouldn't listen to anybody about this stuff, but because you're my best friend, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to challenge myself. So Ryan and Josh got together and they had a packing party at Ryan's house. So what that is, is Ryan ended up packing up his home as if he was moving, even though he wasn't moving. So he packed all of his possessions in boxes and he labeled each box. And then he spent the next several weeks unpacking only the items that he needed or that he loved. And in the doc, he shares that after three weeks, he had over 80% of his stuff still sitting in boxes. So only 20% of his possessions uh, were used, taken out. So essentially there was only 20% was valuable to him. And after they were sharing this, I was thinking, wow, 
maybe I should do that. But I was like, okay, that that's going to take up a lot of my time right now. So I, I'm not going to no, do that. You don't need to do that. Imagine no, I, 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 like few things in one box. I know, but I, again, I, I know that I'm still working on this lifestyle and I know that there are still items in my home that I'm not using. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to adopt Joshua's challenge. So actually at the end of this documentary, uh, they share their takeaway is an action. They yeah, say, I like that. Yes. Take the less is now challenge. Hashtag less is now. It's similar to the 30 day minimalism game. Same. It's, it's basically the same thing. He says partner with a friend, a family member, coworker. So I'm thinking of partnering with my brother on this uh, and starting this actually next Monday. Day one, one thing. Remove, get rid of one thing. Day two, two things. Day three, three things. And even if I can make it to day 15, I think I'll be really happy because maybe I don't need 30 days, but even to day 15, I think it will really challenge me to start thinking about these certain items in my house that I look at every day that I'm like, okay, I'm not using you. Right. So, yeah. I definitely, my, if I had to do this, I, I have no intention on getting rid of any more. Um, if I start boxing up my stuff, I should probably seek help. I do not own that much. Um, but I, I definitely, if I was going to do this, I would, I would have to do Ryan's because if I tried to get rid of one thing a day and then two things, I feel like it would be something I would kind of get sick of or forget about. I would need like the big call to action. Like I would want to box up and I would actually suggest doing this by room, boxing up everything in the room putting back only what you need for that room and kind of going room by room to do that. It might take a long time to do a whole house or a whole place, but like to each their own on how they take this approach. But I, I did like that the documentaries, I, lot, I think a lot of times documentaries just give you information, whereas this one kind of ended with a call to action and was like, okay, hey, here's yeah. the information. Now here's what you should go do to apply this to your life. And But I, I really suggest that people should do one of these approaches and figure out what works best for you. I like the one item at a time because it's so easy. You could just be like, like literally get up from the documentary, go in a drawer, find one thing that you don't need and either give it away or recycle it or donate it. And then, you know, let that build on itself until you're able to start getting rid of things that you don't use or need anymore. Um, but it, it's kind of which approach you want to take. I, I think a lot of people too, though, are just so sick of all of this clutter that maybe they do need to box up their closet or a whole room and, and, you know, do this w with like, just, just like make put, time for that. Yeah, thing. Put a lot into it at once. Cause it, it's so necessary. Yeah. I think, I think the 30 day minimalism game is very realistic because it doesn't take a lot of time. Again, it's baby steps every day, a little bit, every single day. The problem is that sometimes this can feel overwhelming. If I was, you know, in, in certain rooms of my parents' home, I understand why my mom would feel overwhelmed. Yeah. But stop thinking of the of where you need to get and start thinking of what you can do each day to get closer to accomplishing that goal, right? It doesn't all need to happen in one day. And again, mm -hmm. Ryan points out he shares a little tour of his house and, you know, much of it was very simple and clean lined and all this stuff. But he says that this lifestyle takes work to maintain a simple space. It takes maintenance. It takes being intentional every day, making decisive decisions about the things that you, that you bring into your home 
And yeah, and I thought that was really important. And again, I, I, I hope people don't feel overwhelmed by this because there are ways, there are, again, baby steps that we can take to make these little changes every day. And something else I want to point out is that in Josh's tour, and what did you think of these home tours, first of all? I think it shows people that their homes are not what you would expect. Mm-hmm. Like their, their homes are not empty. He even said, he's like, it's not like you would walk in. You would walk into my place and be like, this condo is vacant. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that you would walk into theirs and it, th- their homes look normal. That It just looks like it's not a cluttered home. So it, yeah. it goes to show you that it, it's not an extreme lifestyle. Um, but And what, like you were saying, what I like about the 30-day minimalism challenge, it's not overwhelming. If you go to someone, you're like, get rid of one possession, even if your place is mountains of stuff, one getting rid of one thing is it's not, that's not hard. That's not difficult. Yeah. Incorporate into your morning routine. Yeah. In a year that's over 300 items you would have gotten rid of. It, it, It can be a slow process. Like I said, you have to start, stop bringing stuff in. My mom would get rid of one thing and then go buy something. So yeah, you have to do one for the other. Um, what what did you think of their spaces? No, I thought that they looked similar to my space, which yes. I was like, okay, that's that's great. You know, it's I do have stuff. I, I but it, again, uh, the stuff that I do have, I use and I love. Again, I'm not perfect. There are things in my in my home that I I still need to ask myself those questions about. But I'm getting there. And again, this is the reality of the, the lifestyle. And something I want to point out about Joshua's space is that he does have nice things. Again, yeah, this lifestyle. Yeah, this lifestyle. You can own nice things. It's not about op- owning cheap stuff. It's about owning high quality things that will last a long time. So they're investing in nicer pieces. You saw Joshua's com- like computer. He's got the, the, the Apple computer. He's got the beautiful uh, office setup, like it looks quite nice, but it's yeah. because he knows that this is an, he's a writer and he knows that this area in his life is important to him. And he spends, he spends like, like 70% of it. I mean, 60% of his time in that space writing, I'm sure. So, cause I know he says that he spends more time alone than he does with his family in ways because he does, he's someone that recognizes that he needs that space. And again, he has a smaller family, but their place is perfect for the three of them. And I like that they said our home has the stuff that we need. Like it, yes. it was that simple. It's not empty. It's it's not cluttered. It just has the stuff that they need. Um one thing even though I feel like I I have I am very far along in this lifestyle, I still really struggle with hobby possessions. Like I have a keyboard, so I like to play the piano and I have a tennis racket and I have skates and through the pandemic, I feel like I've been baking a lot and it's like, I need a pan for the Madeline cookies and I need the electric mixer. And so those are kind of things that I have to step back and be like, is this something you're going to do once or twice? Or is this something you're going to do a lot? Because I don't want to buy these possessions and have to store them and only do it once or twice. So everyone has an area that they struggle with, with in terms of buying or storing or having stuff. Because, you know, it's like you can have items, but you're not necessarily going to use them every day. But how often do you have to use them to keep them? So, Well, one of the things that in a solution here is maybe it's every 
six months, maybe every year that you go into your cupboard or your, your storage space and you ask yourself, hey, will I still play this sport? Will I still use this item? I think that's really helpful. We actually have a listener of this podcast, good friend of mine as well, who was actually inspired by us. He ended up getting rid of his golf clubs because he says, oh. you know what? I'm going to ask myself, okay, I played. I used to play a lot. I haven't played for the past two years. I don't think that I want to play anymore. And I'm going to make that decision now. And Good. yeah, and he donated them. So that that's a great example. So I don't think it's necessarily a problem. I think it's more so our interests do change. We grow, we change. And so with that change, the things that we own may change and how we feel about those things may change. And yeah. so that's why the whole process of decluttering your closet is so important. Uh, because our style changes, right? Like our style definitely changes over time, especially like from our 20s to our 30s. You know, there's that transition. I know for me, especially like I didn't really have a style in my early 20s. I remember an ex-boyfriend saying, I wish I could dress you. I'm like, oh gosh. But I, you know, it's always changing. I was figuring myself out. I think we're all like trying to figure ourselves out and figure out what I now understand my style personality now, but I think we still hold on to items that are the old versions of us. And so sometimes we need to rid our lives of those things. So, yeah, no, it's so true. Um, it, it's hard though, because, it, and I would go back to recommend people renting things. Like if your friend wanted to golf, he could rent some golf clubs and go yes. golfing. It is hard though with this pandemic, because I find even if you go skating or skiing, a lot of rental places aren't open. So then you have to make that decision. Am I going to buy it? Or am I just not going to do it this year? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, that's something I is my little area of struggle is how how many times am I going to do this hobby for how long? Yeah, no, I know, I know. Again, we're showcasing that this life is is not perfect. Uh, it, I, actually, a, a quote in the in the doc is that also stood out to me is minimalism leads to an intentional life, not a perfect life or an easy life, but a simple one. And I. 100% agree with that statement. It's exactly yeah. how I feel it. And Joshua also says that minimalism is basically the intentional use of the resources you have. And I wish we could just post that somewhere. So a lot of people, they think, oh, it's just like, oh, you don't own anything. No, no, no. It's the intentional use of the things that you have. And it's being intentional about the things that come in to your home and come into your life. And being intentional with your time, you know, they, they communicate the benefits. They really highlight the benefits in this documentary, which I think is really, really strong. And they say that we got time back. We got our lives back. You know, we started focusing, Ryan said, we started focusing on community and, and, and giving back, not taking people, you know, not stuff. Right. So I thought that was really, really valuable. And the minimalist goal in all of this is to, to encourage listeners to let go that we, we, we have more time and, and growth and so that we contribute more and that we find more meaning and purpose in our life. These are all the things. And I think that it comes across really well. So, And another point I want to make too is that they really make you address the why in the documentary. Sit down and figure out why you want to do this. Otherwise, you're just going to get rid of all your possessions and be in the exact same space. I actually argue that I think you can go either way. You can get rid of the things you don't need, stop buying. And when you're in this place where, you know, maybe you're lonely or maybe you're unhappy or maybe 
you want to buy something, it's in that space that you have to step back and be like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to buy that possession. I'm going to work through why I want that possession and why I think that's going to make me happy and address what I actually need to work on in life. And maybe that is loneliness, or maybe it is unhappiness, or maybe it is wanting to find new work or build new relationships or find hobbies or have more peace or time to relax. It just forces you to question things in your life and and work on yourself. And and at the end of the day, this is what this lifestyle is about. It, it's about living a better, simpler, like you said, life and do, addressing your possessions and your spending habits and, and this constant consumerism of trying to make yourself better. Like This is the real self-development that comes out of the documentary. And it is so beautiful. It is like one of the greatest things you can do in life. So I hope, I, I hope people go out and watch the documentary. Like if, if you yeah, haven't yeah. seen it, it is incredible. I watch it a couple times, get your family to watch it, get your friends to watch it. It's so well done and, and take from it, like take a step back, you know, take a month and don't buy anything except food and toiletries. Like the essentials. Food. Yeah. Yeah. The essentials question why you're doing things, why you're spending so much and put time, start putting more time into the things that matter because you will get so much more out of your life if you do. Yeah. And this is why I highly recommend journaling. And so in my bullet journal, I have a space to journal every day and it helps me clear my mind and think. Cause sometimes again, we can move on autopilot, especially work gets busy, life gets busy. And you know, if you have a family, it gets even busier. So it's nice to have that, even if it's 10, 10 minutes every single morning, just have that space, go for a walk as well. Just all those things that we need to do to just clear our minds, because it's that space that will help us begin to address these problems. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree with you, Lauren, if you haven't seen this documentary, go check it out. I, I, I think it's a beautiful piece of work. I think they did a fantastic job. I would give it five out of five stars. And I love the fact that they're further, further spreading the benefits of living with less and further spreading this movement. And it's, I think this to, to really break this down and just close this discussion, I think this, this documentary really helps us get clear again on the root of the problem forces that have caused us to buy the things that we don't need or that are causing us to. Uh, and by having this clarity, we can learn to act with greater intention and make behavioral changes that help us manage and neutralize these forces. Yes. Yeah. So that's the hope. I mean, I, I'm hopeful that we will see another documentary from them in the next few years where there are more people, fellow minimalist adopters speaking on their experiences. They had few people from around the world speaking about how they adopted this lifestyle. And I'm hoping to see more of that because I want it to come across as like, hey, it's 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 all of us. Like we're we're all trying this. And I'd love to I, I want I want to hear more testimonials. I want to hear other people's experiences, ideas, things that motivated them to get started, their challenges, how they work through them, you know, all these real life experiences that I think will really help us, you know, lots of us, you know, our mothers, our fathers say, okay, yeah, you know what? I think that this is doable. I think that I can start doing this because I think that we really need that motivation and that push. And hopefully their less is now challenge uh, 
you know, does go viral in many ways and people do share their progress. Because I, I, I want to see it. I want to see this movement. I want to see the ripple effect. Yes. And it, it's educational. People need this awareness. And I'm so happy that this movement is growing and it's getting bigger and more people are catching on and getting interested in it. Mm-hmm. Because you even see this in the documentary. We cannot continue to live the life, the, this lifestyle that we're living. We're destroying the environment. People are, are at their max in terms of stress and depression and anxiety. So this is important more than ever. And it just makes me so happy that this is coming to surface and to light and that people are, uh, they're interested in it and they're doing it. Yeah. I'm actually going to watch it a third time. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. Especially when you can watch it. I think I'm going to watch it virtually with my mother. Yeah. I need to watch it with my parents. I got my dad to watch the first one and he was like, wow, I I never thought of like our possessions doing this to our, he's like, you, you never think of this type of stuff. So yeah, this is really fun, Lauren. Yeah, this was really fun. I'm glad we finally got to talk about it. Cause like I said, I Kelly and I have been holding off discussing the documentary. She even called me this morning to like confirm the podcast. And I was about to be like, so what'd you think of the documentary? But I was like, no, not until we yeah, press record. We're doing it on the podcast. So I'm glad we finally got to talk about it and you guys got to hear it first time and natural. So yeah, yeah. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We hope you feel again immersed in the conversation uh, as if you were joining us in this conversation. I mean, Lauren and I are virtual, but hopefully you felt like you were just joining us across the table from us. So yeah. So thanks again, everybody. And we will talk to you guys very soon. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks again. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying our show, please hit the subscribe button and kindly rate and review us on iTunes. We love hearing from you and your words really keep us motivated. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Millennial Minimalist, where you can follow our journeys and find more information on our Simple Living coaching sessions. Thanks again for your time. And remember, minimalism is a lifestyle template. It is an opportunity for you to remove the excess from your life so that you can focus on the things that matter most to you. Be inspired to ultimately design a simpler, more intentional life.